What's going on, everyone out there in podcast land? It's your boys, the Lone Star Meeple, back again with some chills and thrills in the board game podcasting world. With me, as always, to my left today is the Green Meeple, Michael. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? The Red Meeple, unfortunately, is not able to make it today, but we are graced once again by the presence of our special guest, Mr. Scott, the Union... What did we, did we decide what we were calling him? Well, all right, let's put this one. Hold on. Did we decide what we're calling him on the podcast, not what we call him like... You know, when we're out I think we about. said the British Meeple. Gee, thanks. Yes, the British Meeple was what we decided, yes. The British Meeple, okay. Did we ever download the God Save the Queen music for him or no? I don't think we did, but we're okay. going to now. That's all right. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, so anyway, well, welcome well, welcome back again, Scott. I think Scott might make this a permanent thing now. This feels like it. I'll, I'll be here whenever you ask me to be, if I can. Well, I so enjoy it. Whenever you want me to be here, I can, unless I can't. Unless and I can't, then I won't. Then I won't. Be, and, then, um, and then that'll I be mean, how that goes. To be fair, that's I'm glad you why understand. we're so sporadic anyway, because we I think we all feel the same way. That, yeah, we'll that be here true. when we can, and then we won't. Yeah. You throw me, because we were supposed to start at five, and then that when you and you were running a little late, that just threw off my whole game. I was like, okay, well, that just really messed things up, because the plan was I drop Alice off at dance, I get her ready. It's like 425. From where I am, it takes about 35 minutes to get to your house from there. Yeah. Perfectly, five o'clock. Great. Then you're like, well, we're going to push it back to like six. Oh, now I have an hour. Now <laughs> what I do have, I do? Now, then I had to stop at home and I was like, Ugh. Yeah, my, my, my drive over here was an hour and 40 minutes or so. How did you get for moving so far south? Whose fault is that? No, that was from work. Oh. Where's work at now? Um, over Lakeway area, oh, B Caves. Well, well. Oh, I used to work in All the Creeks. Creeks. I worked there for, that's a crappy drive. It's not enjoyable, no. No, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty drive. But that's how much I like cave. you guys. Oh. Or the podcast, one of the two. Oh. So board games. No, 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 no. Tile played, tile played. You said us. Yeah, board games. What, what board games have you been playing, Michael? Uh, I got a new one in the mail I've been talking about recently. The Castles of Mudkeen Ludwig mm. Collector's Edition. So it's a big box with all the expansions, including some newer expansions. And it has some updated art. Now, the I originally had the Polish uh, version of it anyway that had a different art version. But the English version had a very muted palette, uh, very more cartoony uh, art in the rooms, like just all the drawings of like the chairs and the tables and the wardrobes and stuff. But this one looks very realistic. It's very detailed. Um, but it, it's the same game. It plays the same. They added a couple expansions. Just they streamlined the one expansion that was out, the secrets. They kind of streamlined it, made it more uh, intuitive so you could play with or without it. Super easy. But they also added a tower expansion, so another room type. That allow when you finish it, you get the room bonus for the normal room bonus, but then it's a tower. So you actually drive one of the, well, I think they're called King's Favors tokens that everyone scores at the beginning. And you get to look at three and pick one and store under the tower. And you will be the only one that scores that at the end of the game, but it's still scored the same as the majority. So, like the King's Favors tokens for the game, like whoever has the most blue rooms gets eight points, the second most gets six, third most gets two. This scores the same way, but you're the only one that gets the points. So you, it's like, all right, I have who has the most red rooms? Oh, I got third place on that, so I get the third place bonus on that. But no one scores the first and second place. Hmm. Oh, but you still get even if you're not first place, and that you still get. You'll still get the correct reward, but no Based one else on gets position. it. Yeah, that, that's that's cool. I like that. Uh, another t- thing they had was just a what I'm going to call variable player power. It's just a deck of cards, and the way they have it in the rules is draw enough for everybody plus two and then kind of draft them around. So everyone looks at the same deck of cards and it gets smaller and smaller until it gets to the last person. There's three cards. 
But we're like, all right, here's four cards, everybody. Pick one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because it's a giant deck, so no reason not to on the first game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um like when you finish the uh, room that gives you five points, you get eight points instead. And you start with 5000 more dollars than someone else. Or every time you finish this room, you get extra money. Or at the end of the game, if you've done this, you get a lot of points. And it's just a different way to score points for you. Just a d- an- another focus. Mm-hmm. Change it up a little bit. Yeah, it's public information, but I really liked both of those additions to it. No, I think it gives you something to focus on, like right out of the gates. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's some games that, like, what it, I don't remember what it was. Something I just played not that long ago, and because I'm brain farting on the name. Oh, that one from Alex. Huh? <laughs> Which yeah, that one from Alex. Maybe. I don't it, and like literally, there was so many different ways to get. Oh, something I played with Max. It was always oh, it, it was when your little robots signal signal. Is that what it's called? Uh, that, is a, that is a game. I've never played it. And maybe it's when you're you're controlling little robots, but you're like programming them, and like your board is how they program. Oh, but everybody controls the same robots, but you're utilizing different upgrades because you're all controlling them. That's like, interesting. I, I don't oh no, it was a very good game, but there's a lot of little ways to get points, and I just it, it didn't piece together for me on what to focus on until like the sixth round of the game, but the fifth round of the game, and by then I was like, oh well, too late now. So yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, but I've uh, got it in the mail a couple, probably a week and a half ago, but I've played it two or three times since then. It's up there on the, my games that I really enjoy. Uh, it's an older game, but I do really like it. The Castles of Madkin Ludwig Collector's Edition. So I've been playing, there's this fun dexterity game that I've been playing since last week. It's called Don't Put Weight on Your Toe, on Your Big Toe, because that's not hey, a... Hey, Sean, why have you been playing that game? So, fun thing, I broke my big toe in jujitsu. Why did you do that? Well, I didn't do it on purpose. You're looking for the womp womp. I am looking you. for it. I can't reach it. No, there's no volume. Damn it. Thank you for the assist. Yes. But yeah, no, I didn't do it. And, uh, and uh, for anyone out there, it's uh, not. I, I don't recommend this game. It's not fun. And uh, don't do not do it. Don't do it. Also, fun fact, they don't make splints for your toes. And taping your big toe is basically useless. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, it's not fun to have this big ridiculous boot on. And it's not fun. So no board games? No board. No, no. I did. I played. I actually <laughs> played uh, Camel Up for the first time. I've actually never played Camel Up. Really? Yeah. Not because of like it just was never really. It was either it was already a game in progress, and like I just couldn't. I wasn't involved in it, or it just wasn't around. I never bought it. I was like, eh, I never thought much of it. But yeah. Do you know if it was the first edition? Or it second? was the second edition. Okay. Yeah. No. I remember. I know it was the second edition. But we played at um. There's other couple's house. It's my my son's IVF twin. We call him mm-hmm. because her, her and my wife had went for the IVF transfers at pretty much the same exact time. Yeah, and these two kids basically passed each other in the hallway while they were embryos. Oh, nice. So we call him like his IVF twin. But you know they're they're big gamers. Um, so we went over there and she's more on like the light game. So we played Camel Up and um, there was a no thank you card game or something like that. It was like oh, no, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. Yeah, we played that. Were you trying to? Have the cards on the table, and you're trying to get runs of numbers so you get those fewest points. But you're like, no, I don't want that one. I'll put a chip on it. Yeah, and yes. And you keep passing around until you have to take it because you got no chip left to pass. Yeah, no, no, that was that was it was fun. I, I liked it. And transmissions was that robot game. So that was a, that was a fun one. That was a really fun game. A lot to think about, but definitely a cool game. One that I've been playing recently and really really liking. It's a smaller game. It's called Nocus Dice, um, spelt N O K O S U. Um, of course, Japanese origin. It's a trick-taking game. <coughs> um, but your hand of cards include five dice as well, which are randomly rolled and 
publicly visible. Okay. So every every round, somebody's going to lead with either a card or a die. Um, there's five suits, which are the five different colors. Um, the cards go from zero to seven. Um, and then, of course, the dice are one through six. Um, are the dice different colors to match the cards? Like every yes. die you have is a different color? That's cool. So yeah, you basically so get like a random colors. color and a number. Yeah, so, so no, normally trick-taking, you can you could count the cards that are played and you know what's left. Mm. Um, but, of course, the dice add in multiple additional cards. So there's two five of spades? Um, or red fives. Red, yeah, red. Yeah. So there's one red five card, but then there may be two red or five. three red fives on the on the table okay. as dice form. So someone can play the die red five, and the red five in your hand now is worthless? Um, there, there's tie breakings if, okay, if there's okay. multiple trumps of the same value. Um, but, but yes, it, it changes it up considerably. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing is normally in a trick-taking game, you bid how many tricks you're going to take at the beginning of the round. This is done at the end. So bid at the end? You have 15. I'm guessing I took five <laughs> yeah, tricks. Okay. One, two, three. I'm the, the way bid that you four. bid is the die that you didn't play at the end, by the end of the game is your bid. So you can only bid from one to six, but you have to If that die is use, showing. You have to not use that die during the round. So he's like, okay, I'm going to bid three. And then you like mentally push the three off to the side. But then you might have to play that three, and then you screw yourself. Correct. If somebody leads with that color, then they'll force you to play it. And then you left with a red six, and you've mm-hmm. not got... Not, didn't get six tricks. So, yeah, very very different take on it, but it's cool with the mix of hidden and public information. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's it's, it's so fun. So everyone has their own set of dice. Yes. Uh, you got two randomly rolled, and then three that are drafted from a central pool before the round starts. Cool, cool. Hmm. That's um, not interesting. I played a pirate game called Dead Reckoning. I p- played it a couple times. It's really good. Uh, it's a light 4X game. You start with three ocean tiles that you can see, but as you're sailing, you're trying to get more o- You sailing through the oceans. Uh, each ocean has like a... I, most of them will have an island on it. Islands are going to produce different resources, but you can build buildings on it, and then you can go fight other people's buildings that they control, but there's definitely an area control as you control the island, but there's a really unique way of doing it. I guess really unique is not a way to say it. It's just there is a unique way of saying it. There's not really really unique. <laughs> I mean, it can be. There's unique, and then there's like one of a kind unique. Well, if it's, it's like unique, it's unique, it's but you know, it's similar, but that's a unique <laughs> way of doing it. Welcome to the new English podcast. <laughs> so, yes. well, your people invented the damn language. We, we made it better. Look at the history. No, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's two uh, area control tracks. So, like, as you go get area control on it, you're trying to put so many blocks out. Once you fill in three of the five blocks, you now have control of it. And you get to put a majority control token on a separate track. So, you have three on this random track that's continuing to change that people can take off and on. But then you get permanent ones. So, the longer you keep track, the more times you take over the island, the more permanent ones you will have on there that will add on to, so you'll look at both tracks to figure out who currently has control of the island. Hmm. But uh, there's, it feels like several other games, but the scoring system is kind of like Scythe, where there's different um, achievements at the top. First one to four or five achievements finishes the game, and then you score the points. But you're able to, uh, you have to store stuff on your boat, 
But one of the mechanics is you have to say how fast I'm going to go. How many sales am I producing? And if you have goods on the sale, which is currently the only place you can put them, you can't raise the sale. So you have to like go to dock or throw stuff overboard to raise the sale. And then you can re-put the stuff back on if you're at a place you can do that. And then you can actually sail it. But it's uh, the card crafting system by AEG with the clear cards that go in, mm. kind of like Canvas. Yeah, Canvas and... But you start with... Mystic Veil. Vale. Yeah, Mystic Veil. Yeah. Vale. But it's the same company that does the Mystic Veil. Vale. You start with a very basic... Uh, it's deck builder-esque because you're as you get these 10 cards, you're making each card better as you go. So you're drafting cards from the islands. Like, okay, I'm going to go to this island while I'm there. I'm collecting this crewman who's going to teach my deckhand how to fire cannons. So now my deckhands, as I draw those cards, can fire more cannons. So your cards are getting better and better as you go. And part of the mechanic is each card can has four upgrades on it. There's four levels per card. So like my deckhand, at the end of the round, I can upgrade him. So every round you get a free upgrade of the cards that you're going to play. Okay. So. And how, how long does this game play in? It's a longer game. The first couple games were just learning games, so they're probably a little bit longer than normal, but probably hour and a half, maybe two hours. Okay, it's not bad. too bad then. Yeah, yeah, it sounded like there was a lot involved. And, and then there's considerably um, longer. some sagas that came with it. So like a extended, extended um, chronicles, not the right word, um, campaign. campaign. Uh, but like more of stories, but the campaign can roll into the base game after you've played it. So kind of legacy-esque, but not really, but you're adding to the game as you go. So another one I played and I was super excited about was my father's work, which I may talk <laughs> about when we do like when we, when we if we talk about horror games or something at some point I may bring this one up again, but this was a Kickstarter that you know I think Alex sent it to me because he saw that he goes that's a Sean game, and I think like he sent it to me and I want I looked a little yeah. Like, yeah yeah we're back in this and thirty seconds later and <laughs> here we go except I think I did it through um through Gaming Goat I backed it through them just. I figured just support the support the business and yeah yeah yeah. So, but either way, but yeah. So, in my father's work, the story of the game it's one. It's an app driven game, and very heavy in story, which I'll get to that in a second. But it, the premise of the game is you have inherited this estate from your crazy grandfather or whatever, who was like this mad scientist, and you are picking up his work and these crazy experiments and you know things that affect the town. And the game is played over. Um, a number of rounds in a number of generations. There's three generations you play, and each generation has, like, I think, three rounds. So there's not a lot of rounds in the game. And then every generation, you know, you pass down some knowledge, and then you just continue along. And the goal is you're trying to build, like, this masterwork, like teleportation or, you know, some or Frankenstein's monster, some really big, crazy experiment. It's pretty much a worker placement game. It's worker placement, resource management. Um, the caveat is only certain workers can go to certain places. Some workers, if they can go to some place, but it, you lose them if you do because they see like the crazy crap that you're up to and they go insane and they run away. <laughs> um, and it's it's a very story heavy game. I will say that's my biggest complaint about it is it's very dependent on the app, which is fun and it's like a lot of lore and good story. A lot of it's narrated, but. You are talking like the game. It's it, it's like a, a ten chapter novel worth of story in this thing. To where like at a certain point, I was like, okay, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. That's, okay, enough flavor text. Let's go. That, that, yes. is, that is what I've heard. That halfway through the game, you just start skipping over and ignoring yeah, the story. Just, unfortunately, yeah. And it's but it's and the, the killer is is it's really well thought out 
really good story. And you your feel choices like matter. It. <laughs> yeah, your choices matter. There's multiple. Like there's four scenarios I think in the box, but each scenario has multiple endings depending on the choices that you made during the game. So like, when, okay. and after you do it, the app actually keeps track. Oh, you unlocked this ending. There's three other ones. So if you do it again, you could make different choices. Well, now I need to play again. It's like the choose your own adventure where you have to hold your fingers like four different parts of the book. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So you can go back again. So yeah, so that super. It's and it's it's long. It's it's a very long game. That's my other kind of like. But the thing that's uh, interesting about it too is, it's resource management. But at the end of every generation, you lose all of your stuff. I hate that. You only get to keep a little bit. And then you kind of like pass that down, like as an inheritance to the oh, next people. Okay. Oh, because my father's okay. Yeah. Yes. So that's what you do is like you lose it all, but like you keep a little, little bit, and you store some knowledge. Is like you recorded some knowledge, and you pass that down to the next generation, and then you continue along, and then like the story develops, and you know there's times where the apples say like, oh, hand this to you know this player, and then they get some secret text, and they can tell you what it said, or maybe they won't, or maybe mm-hmm. they'll tell you something. So like life. Yeah, like life, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's my, my father's work. Finally got to get that one to the table. Nice. Yeah, you were very excited about that. I was, yeah. That's a very much a Sean game. Yeah. So, another game that I've been playing a little bit of, but really excited to play some more of. Um, last time I played it was actually with Michael, and that is a two-player game called That Time You Killed Me. The one where you have the past, present, and future, and you're traveling through time, Marty McFly yeah. style. Time travel, multiplying yourself in certain directions. Uh, trying to kill each other by squishing them against the walls and I threw various a tree other on you things. <laughs> and yes, you threw a tree on me. We didn't. We didn't start toppling the statues or anything like that. So it's a campy version of Terminator Two. Just go back in time and try to like kill each other. Basically, Basically yeah. <laughs> that, that's the premise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot more abstract and simple than that. They could definitely put that skin on it. I mean, it's it's three four by four grids, and you're playing. Let's run away from each other, chess style. Yeah, oh, it's like okay. a couple of knights fighting each other in chess, but on three different boards at the same time. Oh, but one of, one of the interesting things is though you can only activate one of your characters or one of the versions of you each round. But then once you finish that, you then select your focus for the next turn, either the past, present, or future, which has to be different from where you actioned this time. So your opponent then has that turn to look ahead, okay, he's going there next. I can't affect anything over here, so I'll go and do something over here, or that's going to hurt me, so I better... And for two turns, you're like, well, that guy's dead. Right, nothing I can do to save this guy, so let me go try to kill another What else man. can I do? So Terminator 2 meets Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that works. That and works. the okay. goal of the game is to kill two time zones for the other player? Correct, yes. So past, present, or future. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, very thinky. Comes here with four... Modules? Yeah, module boxes. Expansions? Uh, they're not really expansions. No. It's, it's in the base game. It's Definitely designed modules. to be played. Um, but they, they teach you one stage at a time. Mm-hmm. They then introduce an extra component, a few extra rules. Um, and then, of course, the last box is mixing the different modules together. Um, there's various achievements that you can kind of work towards and things like that as well. So we um, we did the trees the first module. We played a couple times and then we played with the first module. Is that what we did? Yeah, so we did we did the 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 core core game and then we added the trees and bushes. Um and then the next one adds in statues that you can move um and the future editions will move with it. Yeah. Um and so then the, yeah, the trees like you plant a seed in the past board 
and the the middle board or the one directly in front of it, a bush a bush will appear, which really just acts like a wall. If you push mm. someone into it, they die and stuff. But then on the third board, a tree appears. Hmm. But the trees you can push over and squish somebody <laughs> on the other side of the tree. Interesting. But Sorry, it's, uh, it's cool. If you end up picking up the acorn from the seed from the past, the bush and the tree both disappear as well. Huh. Yeah. So it's definitely a think outside the box kind of game. Interesting. The, the last module that looks very interesting is adds elephants. Nobody controls the elephants until you mind control them and put your colored hat on top of them. And then you can control the elephant and use the elephant to squish people. You know, from that one movie. (laughs) (laughs) So just very abstract, very out of the box, but a great kind of stress-like chattity. Mm -hmm. A chess-like strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Thinkiness to it. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that and... Yeah, let's yeah. get back. You, you had me at mind controlled elephants. That was <laughs> I thought I might. <laughs> took a long time <laughs> to get to that <laughs> took one. Took a long time <laughs> to get there, but I was like, mind control elephants. Yeah. So today, I think we're going to be talking about something that a lot of people these days might actually be marginally concerned about. There's enough TV shows about it, enough craziness out there in the world. The apocalypse. Dun 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 dun. I don't think we have a button. For yeah, we don't have a button. No. I mean, well, we could do that one. Hold on. The apocalypse. No. All right, if you hear that sound of the apocalypse, run the other way. <laughs> I've watched enough movies to know that. I second that motion. <laughs> this one's too good to be true. So, the greatest apocalypse games. Or post-apocalyptic, or whatever yeah. you want to call it, but in that genre, mm-hmm. our favorite. So, basically, just post-giant event. Yeah. Yeah. It could be a, a myriad of things that make the giant event. Yeah. There's a little bit of crossover in here with some of this stuff. Because once I saw that, I'm like, you know what? I'm classifying Dead of Winter at this point as post-apocalypse. But it could be classified as zombies. could be classified but, but as zombies horror. Are but, but yeah, zombies are They are event. the event that happened. Gosh, some yeah. event caused the zombies to happen. Yeah. So it's it, so. it multi-tiered. Space mold. <laughs> Space mold? That I think Robert Kirkman, I think, was like hinting or joking around. Because like, he, he always said he, he knows what caused the Walking Dead stuff. But he would never like really reveal it or tell it. Yeah. And he sort of like would hint and troll things and that it was basically like space mold that came down and just got into everybody's system and that's what sucks. Because there is actually like in like in real life there is certain molds and or as a fungus, fungus or something like that. Yeah. That will reanimate like insects and will take over their body. The insect is dead, but it's still moving around like nothing happened. Yeah. So I'll start Interesting. off. Interesting. Mm. I'll start off with the one that's the most most at home right now, pandemic legacy. I, I was gonna say this. I'm like, I feel like that's just gonna hit too many people too. I was like, <laughs> I feel a little too real. I don't want to say it. I saw Michael put it on his list, so I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> I will say, I played the Plague Inc. game. Oh, that's a good one too. Um, yes, but I played the app version of it like on our way on our. That's when you're trying to kill everybody. Years right? you yes. the, yeah. yeah, you are the it's plague. Like, <laughs> like COVID is just starting to happen. Everything's just starting to close down, and I'm teaching Emily. <laughs> this game on the iPad, and she's like, this is not okay. I was like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> but Pandemic Legacy, the world is overcome by plague, and as a team, you have to destroy that. And through the story that unfolds, lots of interesting things happen, but I won't go too deep into the things that happen, but better cure those, better cure that diseases. But bad things happen. Or, or good things. Or no, mediocre good things. things. No, no, definitely okay. bad things. <laughs> But Pandemic Legacy is my first one on the list. It's just classic, something bad happening in the world. Not and it, it's a fairly good game. I really enjoyed uh, when we played it. Now, I have to ask, because there is three 
episodes of Pandemic Legacy out there. It was one. Did zero come before two? One, or? two, and zero. No. But I, yeah, one, two, then zero. One, I think, two, I think zero. zero is a prequel kind of thing. That yeah. makes sense. But I've only played the first one. Okay. The original one, yeah. I still haven't played the first. You still have the first one. I still have the first. I've got a whole shelf full of legacy games that we need to play, but we just can't get together enough. Yeah, we got to get that one. Because I Pandemic Legacy is one of the ones I really want to play. Yeah. And I just it's, never. It's on the shelf along with at least two others. Mm-hmm. But that'll be next topic, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the first one I have is a game called Post-Human. So post-human is a, you know, well, obviously, post-apocalyptic game, you know, hence the topic of conversation. Good choice. Good choice, yeah. Good, good choice for this podcast. <laughs> uh, but everybody is basically, you you are in this post-apocalyptic world, and you are trying to make your way to this shelter that is, like, rumored to exist, where it's a safe house. It's You can find there people living there. They're free from, I don't remember what caused the apocalypse in post-human. It's been a while, but I'm pretty sure it was more like nuclear, because I know there's mutants and, like, crazy stuff going on in that game and it's very much a slow progressing kind of game like you're traveling down this map triggering events and like collecting materials and like you have um like your hunger meter you have your um what's the other one I'm looking for when like morale there we go that's the one okay, i'm looking morale. for um and like all these things you have to kind of manage as you're moving you could interact with other players and trade if you guys are in the same terrain it's like you meet up with each other in the woods and you can try to trade and then there's mutants and things and you can the interesting about posthuman is you can get mutations in the game so if like mutants and stuff start attacking you and you don't fend off the damage very well you start mutating also can they be good attributes no okay <laughs> not at all i don't all. remember them being Thanks for good the clarification. yeah i don't remember them being good but yeah it, uh, it might be that one card in the deck but no yeah yeah but posthuman it is there's the one thing about the game is there's a lot of bits in that game. There's like a lot of tokens and a lot of cards and they're small cards. So it's there's a it's a lot of setup, but it's it's definitely an interesting game. It's very thematic well, when you're playing it. Like you're like kind of just trucking through slowly exploring and then like certain tiles and terrain types have different resources and materials. Like when you go to the cities, you can find different things than if you find in the woods, but in the cities are more dangerous, so you're more likely to run into people trying to kill you. So yeah, so post human. Is is that Dead of Winter style where you just pick a destination and go there? Or is it dudes on a map style where you have to have to travel from one spot you're to another? You're traveling from one space to another um, on the board and you're flipping over tiles and you're putting tiles down and you're and you're traveling down like you know Oh, so you are building the board as yeah, you like go. Yeah, you're building the board okay, as okay. you go so and then like lane. there's a central so you're, board. You're exploring the city, you're exploring the world. Hey, what's over that hill? And then you flip the Yeah, because you're trying out. to okay, find okay, it. And like cool. as you like as you make certain achievements and reach certain goals, there's like a main board that has like your piece on it that shows, oh, I'm closer to finding the the, the encampment or the, the shelter. And then they came out with actually with a second version of it in Kickstarter that actually is now follows up this one where now you are playing as the people in the shelter, but now resources are running low, so you have to go back out into the world. So and dead try of to scap. So dead of winter, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um my first one on my list is actually a game that I've not played for a long time, but when I started looking through this um, and researching all the options, I remembered that there was this one that I really enjoyed, but can never remember the name. Did and I play it with you? Finally found it. <laughs> um, I think Alex played as well. Uh, I think we played it twice. Um, but yeah, it's called Block by Block. Mm-hmm. Um, very pandemic style in some of the um, mechanisms. Because it's cooperative, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's cooperative, and you, you get, quote-unquote, you know, the explosions 
um, mm-hmm. you get in Pandemic, but it's based in a city, um, and each tile is a city block, etc. Um, but everything travels down the roads, so there may not be a direct path between where you are and where you want to get to. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's an insurrection that's happening. It's the three or four factions against the police, and yeah. the police are coming to shut down all the insurrections in town. Uh, but yeah, I remember that being thoroughly enjoyable. So yeah, block by block, block 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 by block. Wow, words are hard today. Apparently, apparently, seriously. I mean, it is spelled B L O C, but. Every character is just a little wooden cube. Oh, that's so right. it's so block s- by yeah. block, and everything in the game is done by city blocks. It's like you need to control this city block, but all the every person is a block. So like, my blocks are going to go to this block and fight your blocks for control of this block. Yeah, but we, to be fair, and then the police blocks of the come police in. Vehicles. Police vehicles, but the policemen are blocks. They are, they are. And they put up roadblocks. <laughs> <laughs> but to yes. be fair, Scott is British. He might have been reading that bloke by bloke. That's uh, <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Uh, so my next one, um, we said we're not going to be all Zombicide, but I had to put it because it is fantastic. I love Zombicide. I guess we said not all Dead of Winter, but Zombicide I really enjoy. What's your favorite version? Zombicide, I like the um, the medieval ones. The I like Black Plague and Green Horde. Mm. And I've actually just combined them all. Someone online had a um, event, not event deck, but a loot deck that they've made. And, like, you need to take these cards out of Black Plague, take these cards out of Green Horde, mix them together, and this is a good, solid mix of items for your item deck. And they also kind of did the same thing for the zombie deck as well. So you mix all the zombies together and add whatever necromancers or whatever you want in there. But as you flip them over, like, the regular zombies from Black Plague come in as normal, but then the Green Horde ones add to the Horde. So the Horde doesn't grow as fast, but when it hits, it hits hard. Uh. (laughs) Because the ones that enter the Hordes are buried in the deck as well. So is this something you can change up and play in between the other games, or is this is this how you play now? I, I usually just, it's one of those games that I do play solo because I don't take it out very often. It ends up being in a giant tackle box just because yep. I have all the things for it, uh, so it doesn't make it out very often. So it's one I'll just play like six handed solo a couple nights in a row. Okay. So I just leave it mixed together because that's I've bought all the things I want to play with all the things. It's more enjoyable at that point. You've made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say over the years, I think they have really improved on Zombicide because I remember playing it when it first came out with Dave and his wife. Yeah. And there were some rules that, I mean, it was the things that everyone house ruled out, like the one that everyone hated, and I'm sure everyone that played it remembers this, that when you are attacking at range in a square, if one of your teammates is in there, you must hit them first. They changed it to you, you only hit them with a miss. Yeah, which so makes sense. I'm fine with that. That <laughs> yes. makes perfect sense. But it was so dumb. like okay, so all you're saying you're just really telling me yeah, don't attack it. House rule real quick, yeah. and they just you know what that's a good rule, and they just kept that rule. Yeah, and it uh it, it over the years it's gotten way better, and I think I agree. I think Green Horde, Green Horde, um, Black Plague, mm-hmm. is the one that like really took everything that they learned over the other versions yeah. and tied it together. I mean, real but nice. like this one that has dragons, necromancer dragons, and things like that, and the dragons have a really unique way of they attacking people. But you have trebuchets and catapults and <laughs> just ballistas that are just firing the hell out of everyone. You, um, there's some buildings in one of the expansions that are actually two levels. It's just a solid tile, but the art shows you stairs. Okay. And it has a different um, thing that uh, just a little moniker on the board that shows you that you're above everyone else, elevated terrain. So therefore, you have range more places. So you can actually shoot over a building. You can't shoot into a building, but you can shoot over a building. Uh, if you're on top. 
But cool. people can't see you. Like the zombies can't see you, but they can hear you still, blah, blah, blah. But it was really interesting how they did that. Sounds but fun. Zombicide, I like the Black Plague and the Green Horde. Hmm. Next one I have is a card tableau building game, 51st State. It is, if anyone has ever played Imperial Settlers, it's pretty much the apocalypse version of. I don't remember which. One, I don't know which one came out first, but I've played one of them, but I cannot remember which. It's been a long time ago. Yeah, so Fifty First State, and I have the uh, the Master Edition. I think they're actually coming out with a new a new version because I sold it at some point because I played it so much that like everyone got kind of burnt out on it, so it just never hit the table. So I just kind of sold it, but I think they're coming out with another version. But in Fifty First State, there was the collapse of society, of course, because why not? You need yeah, about it, it happens. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Sooner than no, wait, 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 wait what? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, and then now, and everybody is playing as a different faction. Uh, there's a little bit of variability between the factions, not a whole lot, but you know, you do have a little thing that you just do differently. You're a little bit better than everybody else, and you are now trying to get control over what is now the defunct United States. So they're calling it the 51st state. And okay. the goal is you have you have some card drafting in the beginning, and you start building up a hand of cards, and then you start using your resources to, you know, pr- you know, this production and you get resources and then you use them to kind of play down these cards and build out your tableau. And there's three different kinds of things you could put out there. You know, there's production buildings, there's, you know, act cards that give you like other actions that you could do in your turn. And the way the game is played is once the round starts, it's just action, action, action. It just keeps going round and round and round until everybody passes. What I like about it is this game, the cards are multifunction. Every card can be used in one of three ways. Okay. You can either play it down to your tableau and build it out that way, and now you're kind of building out your, your compound, per se. You can use it to make a deal, and if you make a deal, it just flips over and gets tucked under at the top of your board, and then it just becomes like a little bit of income of some type at the beginning of every round. So if you would have made it as a production building, it's you know a little bit more involved to do that, or you might not have the resources to build it as a production building, but it was better. But you know what? I'm going to just make a deal with these people instead. I get a little bit of income, but not as much as I would have. Or you can raise the location, basically send raiders there to destroy it, and then you get a different set of resources for destroying it. Well, like One time. One time, and then the card goes away. Right. And you can raise like other people's compounds. So if they have one building that's like really giving them a lot of good stuff and a lot of good points, you're like, all right, I will send out my contacts to raise your thing and there's not much they can do about it so that'd be one reason you would want to make the deal that way you get a little bit of something but nobody can attack that later exactly build the building somebody can attack the building yep so with the deal you can't and it's there's a lot of resources in this game i will say that there's you know all the bullets and gas and all that kind of normal post-apocalypse stuff you need but then in order to do those three things there's these things called contacts and contacts is the resource you need to get use out of the card. So the blue contacts are what you use to make a deal. The gray ones are what you use to build it, and then the red ones are your raiders that you say, I'm going to raise them. And now, depending on how you've built your engine, the kind of contacts that you're bringing into your camp... May restrict what you can do later. May restrict what you can do (laughs) later. So you have to try to say, okay, do I want to focus on deals? Do I want to focus on this? Do I want to try to do these two things a little bit in tandem? Yeah, and, you know, you're kind of held back by the context that you have and their abilities to either make a deal or build stuff. Cool. Yeah, 51st State. Very, very highly recommended. Very fun game. That sounds good. I might have to try it again. You have played it, though? 
I think I've played the Imperial Settlers. Yeah, Imperial Settlers is like the cartoony version. Okay. Mm. But it's also like the tribes in the Mediterranean kind of thing. It's just the doesn't feel the same. Yeah. Uh, my next one is a post-apocalyptic family survival game. Family survival, eh? <coughs> family um, survival. Complete family, mum, dad, daughter, son, and a family dog. So a, the, a quiet place. That's what he <laughs> He got a quiet place in the game. <laughs> so it's called End of the Line, and it is basically a resource management survival game. The object of the game is to survive the longest, um, or as many of your family members as, as possible. Um, I was going to say, like, wait, survive the longest? They're like, ha-ha, Ma, you died. I survived. I win. <laughs> Um, you're trying to work together as a family group, but um, but in the in the game you've got four different major commodities: um, you know, water, food, fuel, bullets, um, and each round you're going to be placing your family members in the line to receive those commodities, those goods, um, and then of course there's cards that will manipulate the order of the line. Um, whoever's in the front of the line will get two of the resource. Um, everybody else will get one unless you're at the back of the line, then you don't get anything. Um, and then, of course, there are other things that will happen, um, both randomly and uh, of your choice, um, that can kill people, that can send all the ladies to the front of the line, um, various other things. Um, and you just say you send the ladies to the front line? <laughs> the front of the line. I was just saying, yeah. I was like, you go out there and fight. <laughs> Is it just... Uh, just the single ladies? I was like, yeah. Oh, well, you ones. wanted equal rights, man? Go. <laughs> really? Karaku's not till two weeks away. That's fair. Uh, but no, there's, there's one card called Ladies First, and you pick a line, and you send all the female family members of every color um, in that line to the front of the line, and all the guys hang out of the Sounds back. like guillotine. S- hmm. Similar with that card, yes. Hey, you know um, what? Women and children first. That's what they say. Well. That's what <laughs> I heard. But yeah, that was it was a lot of fun, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of manipulation, um, a lot of bluffing. You can play some cards face down. This just um, sounds like a Scott can't. game. It like really that. does. <laughs> <What's> he <said? laughs> hey, wait till I talk about my, ne- my next game. So, <laughs> end of li- end of the line is that what it's um, end of the line. So you want to be at the end of the line? Um, no, you, well, yeah, you don't want to be at the end of the line. You want to be at the front of the line. Okay. Um, but yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. You always laugh at the end of it, even if you die. <laughs> My next one, um, it's a, one of the longer games that I have on my shelf, so it doesn't hit the table too much, but Wasteland Express Delivery Service. That's what that is. You put it on the <laughs> list as Weds. I was like, what? Well, I, I was like, I, mean, I know he's going through some stuff right now with his ex-wife, but I mean. Just- um, but Wasteland Express Delivery Service, basically you're the UPS driver of the Mad Max world. And yeah. it's a basic pickup and deliver game. There's some mechanics that make you and your truck faster and stronger can hold more things add more guns but there's the raiders that you have to go and attack and you can take their goods and then you can go trade with people one of the favorite things i love about the game is there is a uh, economy system a supply and demand so if you deliver goods deliver water water goes down in demand they don't really want it anymore so it's worth less money but also as you deliver the water you put your token um your little standee, you have a second standee that you put on that place. And they're like, yeah, you were an ass there, so they're not going to trade with you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but basically, the mechanic is making you go somewhere else. You can't just stay there and keep trading. But the rule book is like, yep, you were a little bit of a dick to them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember exactly how it's phrased, but it's not clean. <laughs> hmm. And 
just you're going around collecting the goods and delivering them. It's all it is, but there's different. Um, it's a race style game because the first one to finish three contracts wins the game. Mm-hmm. So there's no points. It's the first one to three wins. Uh, there's a couple public contracts, but then there's some private ones as well. And it's basically deli- grab this stuff, deliver it there. Or And some of them are just really hard and long, just takes a lot to get a lot of money and to buy the things that you might need. But I've enjoyed it each time I've played it. It was fairly straightforward, but it was thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, it's fun. I, I, I actually like that one every time I played it. I remember it being a little long, though. It is a little long. Because yeah. uh, I remember that was one thing. After a little while, I was like, all right, I think where's that as welcome? A, li- a little bit. I think we're also teaching a couple people that didn't quite under- grasp the concept of how to finish the contract. And like the first time we played Western Legends, it was like oh, a four-hour yeah. game. Yeah, because you were just running around. the first around, three hours of... was playing Cowboys. Yeah. Like, and yeah. like, no one scored any points. And then an hour later, the game's over. But I think that was a lot of it, just a lot of running around doing things that weren't progressing the game the first couple times we played. Yeah. So speaking of Cowboys, since you mentioned, there was something funny that I read that I, I had to show Leslie Mike. So it was, yeah, a, a meme that was out there. It was like, so... I was watching, you know, my niece and my nephew was watching the kids, and they were playing cowboys, and, you know, the little boy was running around and went, yippee-ki-yay, and I instinctively finished the phrase. Oh, and no. now he knows a new word. <laughs> and now you're not watching the kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so but, the ne- yeah, Wasteland Express Delivery Service, um, just to pick up and deliver game, post-apocalyptic Mad, Mad Max world. It's kind of fun. So the next one I have is Dead of Winter which to me has always been the closest thing to The Walking Dead, the board game. I will say, fun fact, one of the designers of the Wasteland Express is also the designer of Dead of Winter. Huh, look at that. So yeah, Dead of Winter is like the closest thing, like I said, to like Walking Dead, the, the board game. It's you are a survivor, and you are playing as survivors in this compound, try, you know, in the winter, obviously, trying to survive. You know, zombies are going out there. Resources are low, so you have to go out into like the towns and the cities and try to gather resources and, you know, these uh, events come up or like these bad things come up that you have to deal with. Crisis. There you go. Crisis, yeah. Wow, words are hard today. Jeez. Must be yeah. contagious. Yeah. So these crises come up and, like, you know, everyone has to kind of contribute to the crisis to deal with it. Um, there may or may not be a traitor amongst us. It might not Again, be. It Always might not be. Always good. Yeah, but you don't know if there is or not. There might be. There might not be. Who knows? I definitely put my two cans yeah. in. Do you put food in? Who, me? Yeah. 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 No, oh, we, is that what we wanted? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> my bad. I, I put, put in guns. Sh- oh, no. <laughs> I gave guns are always shoe. good. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but then the interesting, too, is as things pass, it's the, you know, they call it the crossroad system where the person now behind you is drawing a card and reading out some other event that you will have to kind of make decisions on that yeah. will sort of affect, you know, how the gameplay is. And then waves of zombies come at you. But, yeah, what I like about it is it's it's more so about the compound, the survival aspect, the you know gathering resources. Because the zombies aren't the bad guy in the game. Yeah, it's the, the zombies d- you have to deal with, and they're a nuisance. But it it's the crisis, it's yeah. the surviving, just the win- the cold winter with no, and just not knowing who is good and who you can trust. So surviving the dead of dead the of, dead of winter, uh, surviving okay, the okay. dead <laughs> from the dead of winter. Yeah. But yeah, the, so the, you don't get dead throughout the. I yeah. don't think the zombies are the bad guy in the no, game. No, they're not. Then that's they're what I like they're about just it. They're a nuisance. Yeah, it's like Walking Dead at this point. The zombies mm-hmm. are secondary. The real the real conflict is with the people and the crises and like the things that come up just as the fact that you are in an apocalypse and the real kind of crap you have to deal with being in an apocalypse. So that's what I really like about it and that's uh Dead of Winter and I have The Long Night 
which I still hadn't even got. I, I used to have the original. I wound up selling it, and then I wound up getting the Long Night instead, and I haven't even played it yet. I ended up with the original and Long Night through a bundle deal. It's like, we're selling both of these, and I'm like, why not? Fine. <laughs> I don't need both of them, but I have them both on the shelf right next to the Warren Colonies. I ended up selling the Raxon, though, because eh, yeah. it sucked. <laughs> it was it was fun, but it yeah definitely outside its welcome quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing Dead of Winter. It's been a while since I played Dead of Winter. I'd like to play that one again. And then what was what was your suggestion? Dead of Winter Legacy. Dead of Winter Legacy. Yes. Oh, yes. I would pay all the money for oh. Dead of Winter Legacy. <laughs> That'd be great. But like, the piles deplete, and I'm not. No, I'll talk about this later off the air. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, be cool, be cool. Unless you're making it, and then hit me up. <laughs> I got ideas. Um, my next one, I just realized, is actually another two-player game, although my two-player games don't come out very often, is Kiro, K-E-R-O. And they're all going to complain that this has Toy Factor in a minute, so I'll just admit it right now. No one's ever complained that it has Toy Factor. Fine. Rudely pointed out. (laughs) That's That's a little more accurate, yeah. Yeah, 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 (laughs) That's definitely more accurate. I wouldn't Um, say more of, it's more of a jab than it is a complaint. (laughs) I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that. Um... But yeah, so two-player game, post-apocalyptic, um, resources are very low, um, and you are driving a fuel tanker around collecting resources um, to help you in uh, area control um, of other things, which are going to get you points, uh, different areas that are going to get you points. Um, but fuel, where the toy factor comes fuel, in... Fuel tanker, is that what you said? Is the fuel tanker that you're driving is a sand timer inside a truck tanker truck <laughs> that is pretty cool so as you are rolling dice trying to find certain resources in the area that you're in you lift your tanker up onto its back and this sand timer starts counting down you can't see how much is left in your sand timer until it runs out um but at some point you got to stop um or you bust collect the resources and at that point you can drop your tanker down and stop that timer from all right, running out. I'm going to stop you. Paint me a picture. How do you not know how much is left in there? Because you can only see the bottom half of the tanker. Uh, so the, yeah, the sand timer is inside the tanker. And uh, okay. So you see the bottom. So when it stops running, you're like, oh, it's no longer running. You That's can't see that up. it's run out. <laughs> you can just see there's no more coming down. Correct. Okay. Oh, no. okay. Um, so is Kiro short for kerosene? Is that what they were yes. going with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's um, interesting. But yeah, and then you can recruit the sand people to give you you know extra things. That's Star Wars. We're not talking about Star Wars, are we? <laughs> That's tough ones. Different post-apocalyptic. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago, it. though. In a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, th- pretty enjoyable. Um, but again, the the uniqueness of it and that toy factor of having the sand timer inside a, ta- a fuel tanker truck, um, and rolling dice to get resources. Uh, it's good fun. Uh, I have a couple honorable mentions. One's on my shelf of shame, one's in Kickstarter waiting to show up, and one I've sold. <laughs> uh, Aftermath. It's the guys who do Mice and Mystics. the Road? No, no, Aftermath is the first one. Oh. So Aftermath. Oh, okay. It's the yeah, guys yeah, yeah. who do Mice and Mystics and um, the Stuff Fables. Mm. It, I don't know if it's the same designers, but it's that system. But it's the mice from the same character type you type arcs from the Mice and Mystics game okay. that are in a post-apocalyptic world as the mice going through the human world doing their mice things. And I haven't played it yet, but it does look really enjoyable. And I've looked it up. I've opened the box. I've sorted all the things. I've kind of read through the first set of instructions. It's just I need to get it out and actually play it. 
So I've, I've got one on my list, actually, that, again, isn't out yet. Um, I think it should be coming out next year. Uh, it's called The Last Forest. And that is a post-apocalyptic, and you represent the animals, and you play as the animals inside The Last Forest, trying to protect the forest against the humans who need all the resources that are available, and they're going after The Last Forest on Earth. Um, again, I just thought that was a very unique concept on the post-apocalyptic um, genre. Yeah. animals. Seems like there was a movie about that. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are you trying to get? Unobtainium, the worst named resource ever. Well, you can't obtain it. Makes sense. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so an honorable mention I have is Fallout, the board game. Now, I I wanted to, I liked it. I wanted to like it more because I'm a huge fan of Fallout. Like I love Fallout. I love the, the lore, the story behind it. Like I was even I was even one of those people that got enjoyment out of Fallout 76. Which I know really? I was in the minority on that one. Yes. Wow. Because it's it's the world to fall out. It's not even like the story. It's just it's the world building and just everything about it is really interesting. Uh, and the board game itself is yeah, like you're exploring this wasteland, nuclear wasteland, and you're flipping over tiles, and the creatures are attacking you, and you're making decisions that can like affect things in towns, and but like you're trying to get to these, I think a certain number of like I don't know what it was if it was like achievements or like just points or like stars you're trying to get. And then the per- first person to get a certain amount wins, or like these quests. But my problem with it was it was very anticlimactic. It was just you're playing, you're playing, you flip over a card. Oh, uh, okay, that's my fifth star. I win, and it just ends. It's, so was it just the ending that you were disappointed? It was with? just the ending I was disappointed with. Yeah, I don't really remember the combat, but like, and I've, I played it with Alex, and he's not. It's one of those things where if you're really into the source material, you will enjoy it a lot more than somebody who is trying to play it as a game. And you, it's difficult to play with a, the, those two different types of people. It can be, yeah. Sounds like the game's not a good game. It's, it's Yeah, I would say it's a mediocre theme. game, but it definitely has a lot of the feel and the theming of what playing the Fallout game is. But as a okay. game itself, I would call it mediocre with a very craptastic ending. <laughs> that's a shame yeah that's why I never got it because I'm like <sighs> like it was like okay but like n- I wouldn't want to like spend money on it unfortunately but it sucks but I like Fallout and so you have like little miniatures of like your guy like in the power armor and everything I was like there's like such a mm, but for those listening who do enjoy Fallout worth a play worth a play yeah if you can get it for like 25-30 bucks 20 you know I would say worth it to have you get a few plays out of it it's worth checking out if you if you were interested in fallout if you're looking as a post-apocalyptic sort of exploration style game probably not going to be for you cool all right so this uh i'll go real quick for the second and third ones that i had honorable mentions the kickstarter i'm waiting for is thunder road vendetta and it's basically feels like mad max the board game um you have cars that you're running around trying to kill each other's cars there's some tracks that you're racing down. I don't remember all the mechanics about it, but I know it's set in the Mad Maxy type of world. Build all this armor on the cars and shoot each other's cars. I got the the like death race. Uh, basically, I got the expansion pack with the helicopters and the motorcycles. But um, like, there's a 18 wheeler that takes up three hexes. So as it goes, it actually like falls its way through the hex, snakes through the hexes. So you can turn one, and the trailer follows it and covers up the two behind it. So the cars can't go around it. Hmm. It it looks really interesting. I ended up getting the whole maximum chrome package for it. Nice. We'll see what happens when it shows up. I'm I'm looking forward to playing that with you. Yeah. 
Uh, one I did sell, which I really enjoyed. It was just a lot heavier than I really enjoy. Uh, Anachrony. I remember that one. I it's, had a hard time getting into that one. Like, it wasn't that it was bad. It was just, it was, I think at the time that we played it, it was just too meaty for me to wrap my head around at the time that we were playing it because we'd probably just done a bunch of games and it was just too much for that particular moment in time. Yeah, it's um, set in a future time and there's some time travel aspects of it, but there's something bad happening at the end of the game and you have to finish the time travel and it's just a worker, it's a basic worker placement game, but you can borrow resources from the future. So like as you borrow some gold from three turns away, you actually put a little marker three turns away and you better have some extra gold three turns away in order to send yourself in the past. Otherwise, you create a paradox and bad things happen if you do that. Oh, nice. So, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It sounds super yeah. cool. Like, that seems like a big part of the game, but it's like, that's a minor thing to make sure you just have one gold in a couple turns. Okay. Like, I needed it to do this, but now I can go ahead and get some more after I do the thing. And But I enjoyed it, just not enough to keep it around. Fair enough. You said you had one more? Um, yeah, it's actually one. I've not had a chance to play it yet. Um, picked it up on Tuesday, which for those of us listening, not today, was two days ago. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was yesterday. It was yesterday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so as you know, the zombie side, the newest in the series, um, but it is a flip and write called Gear Up. Um, and like most flip and writes, you can be flipping over cards to see what actions are available on your turn. Um, but you're going to have hordes of zombies coming at you um, and progressively getting closer to you as the game progresses um, and you are drawing different shapes on those zombie cards in order to try and defeat them um, and when they're fully shaded in um, they're defeated and removed from the from the game um, if you're not able to defeat them fully um, when they get up to you then they start attacking you and doing damage to you um, so it is a um, cooperative game, um, but one of the things that I like about it, it's like most games of that genre, it's not a solo multiplayer game. That's what you're saying. You're actually interacting with each other, and if the person to your left or right um, has too many zombies you know, on their tail, um, you can actually help them out if you have the, the right type of weapons. Um, and start shooting at their zombies as well. Interesting. Um, huh. And then if you meet certain criteria when you do that, you both get certain benefits uh, from that attack instead of just the person that, that was doing the attack. Um, so a little bit more interactive uh, flip and write um, in the Zombicide universe gear up. Is it modern day Zombicide? It's cartoony Zombicide. Okay, that's fine. But... So, like, they have the space, and then the westerns, modern, and Black Plague. Um, generic it's, zombies. It's, it appears to be mostly high school. Okay. Uh, so, modern, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Modern, there you go. Yeah, modern, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, are you, what are you waiting on now, Michael? Um, so, it was just recently announced, and it's going to start on Kickstarter soon, but it's probably going to back it day one after I... I am going to look at it with an open mind. But I'm probably gonna back it. No, not probably. Yeah, too, too, He's gonna too back late it. for this. He now. is absolutely gonna back it. There is. I, I'm looking at it with an open mind. It has legacy and in an the open title. wallet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sagrada Legacy. Sagrada. I, I was one of the original Kickstarter backers for Sagrada. I enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, I just got the latest small box. Actually, no, I did not get the latest small box expansion. Someone in Virginia got mine, Ooh. and I emailed the company, and, and they sent it generic. Uh, uh, 
bulk email today. It's like, so we messed up. Oh, no. <laughs> Lots of packages got misdelivered. We don't know, but yours is on the way. <laughs> so soon I shall have my. So they are, they are sending you a replacement. Yeah, I should get my latest small box expansion soon for that. I think it's called Glory. I don't remember the last one. They're Passion, Life, Glory. I don't remember which one's last. But the Sagrada Legacy, I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. If you're adding new minerals or materials or if materials get, uh, if each color counts as a different type of glass or you have to learn how to make a glass. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm I'm very interested in it. Um, I'm not interested enough to back it, I don't think. I yeah. thoroughly enjoy the basic game. Um, play that with my family a lot um, over Zoom as well. Um, great, solid game. But I just don't see how they can put this legacy story mm-hmm. onto it's, that window crafting. It, and a lot of the legacy games, what I've learned, if the story's not there, it just doesn't feel good. Yeah. yeah. So I and, and that's why I said I'm going to look at it with an open mind. It's not, oh, Sir God, I'm going to get it, but it's a legacy. I'm going to look at, see if it feels like it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the same boat. I was like, how do you do a Sir God? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to back it, only because I know he is. I don't care what he says. <laughs> He's going to back it. With an open Ain't that the so, truth? <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't really need to worry about it anyway. It's not what you know, it's who you know, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's really nothing from Kickstarter. That, I mean, it's, it's still the same, too. I haven't really backed anything new. Mm-hmm. I actually just started kind of looking on Kickstarter again yesterday. There's a couple that I marked for. Oh, remind me. You know, we'll see. There's, there's, a, look, there's one, there's a pirate one coming out. It looks like, like a really big, fancy liar's dice. There's like a board. and pirate, I saw like, that one, too. But it just feels like a fancy liar dice, and I'm like, that's too much money for liar's dice. We'll, well, that's, we'll make does, Eric Beckett. It yeah. does look more involved than liar's dice. I mean, there's um, definitely there's more a components map. into it, um, like so it does look fun. Track that looks yeah, like a track, and like you're trying to like make like I, I just very briefly looked at it. I kind of just perused Kickstarter and was more of like a okay, remind me, remind me. Yeah, this one yeah. looks fun. Remind me, and then I'll like I'll look at them when it gets close and make a decision at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I do want to try, and this is because I lately I've really enjoyed rolling rolling rights or flipping rights in, in those kind of games is Twilight Inscription. Yeah. I think it just came out in at Gen Con. Um, I don't know if it's hit retail shelves or anything yet. Um, I haven't really checked, but that's one that I would like to try it. Um, I never played Twilight Imperium, uh, but I, you know, everyone that's for people that are fans of that game, everyone is like, "Oh, you got to play it; it's amazing." And I, I do enjoy rolling rights. My only concern with it is I don't know if it's how long it is. Mm-hmm. If it's an hour and a half rolling right, that'll probably be a hard pass for me. I heard it is that quick, but I don't know. Mm. I haven't so, looked too much into yeah, it. But that is one I, I am certainly interested in trying: is Twilight Inscription. Um, there's a couple that I'm. Looking forward to um, Clank Catacombs is the first one. Oh did yeah! You buy, did you buy it? Forgot about that. Um, it's not it's not released yet. Yeah, it's the tile one. Is there a pre order or no? Um, there is pre order. Um, I kind of want to wait want to wait till next month so I can just get my hands on it and pay directly um, yeah, for fair. it. Um, but yes, it's it's Clank. Yeah, but, but you are tiles. tile laying mm-hmm. and you build the dungeon. Um. Feels more like dungeon. Crawling. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. I just went, Dice Tower did a, a a review on it. I was like, that looks amazing. I think yeah, my mom pre-ordered it, so well. I know I'm gonna have access to it. <laughs> awesome, uh, but yeah, that's definitely on my list. I'm looking forward to that because I did not think I was going to enjoy Clank. Um, the boys decided to invite me to play Clank Legacy, and I was like, well, I love Clank. Okay, because so it's a deck Clank. builder, but you know, but absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, love Clank now. Um, got a copy of for myself. I would happily do the Legacy again. 
Yeah, I'm um, playing through it for the second time with uh, yes. Emily and a couple friends of ours, and it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, people, oh, yeah, yeah. people finally died Yay. <laughs> below and scored zero points, so we got to add a couple rules to the game. Nice. Um, but yeah, Clank, Clank Catacombs, um, that should be releasing any any moment now, so I'm, I'm waiting for that one. Um, the other one on my list is Life of the Amazonia, um, which is kind of a second game in a series uh, from Bad Comet Games. Um, this is going to be hitting Kickstarter next year, I believe. Um, oh, so we'll get it in 2024. So probably, yeah. Um, but we will get it next month because I'm going to be one of the playtesters for it. So they're going to be sending me a prototype copy um, for me to demo and playtest and report on and everything like that as well. This seems like a perfect way to like an opportunity to plug the Lone Star Meeple somehow. Be like, hey, oh, we no, can absolutely. talk about it on our <laughs> podcast. I mean, we have like, you know, 50 listeners now. Uh, sometimes with playtesting, you have to wait until it's all done. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, no, I, I I did actually reach out to them because I knew I was going to be here today. Um, well, not as a review, though. Just more of a, here's how the game works. Yeah. Take that. Oh, and they, they are totally open oh. for any any publication, any discussion um, about it. So, yes, yeah, so they're, they're, all, they're all for oh, everything. Nice. Um, but, yeah, this is lots of meeples, um, animal figurines, um, and you're building your own little jungle. Um Habitat where everything has to kind of work together and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, very pretty, very cool. Um, but yeah, hopefully that should be coming in in a in a couple of weeks. Cool. All right, so I think that's that's it. That's going to wrap up this uh, this this installment of the Lone Star Meeple podcast. Yeah, I well, feel I feel good. We actually recorded like a little like not one in a month. We actually got like nice. another one. We got two this month. We got two this month. Thank you for coming back. Just yeah. you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. So yeah, Always but fun. you know, just don't forget. Go ahead and check us out on the uh, on Facebook. Uh, I try to be as active as I can there, but between a baby, a broken toe, a full time job, and a side gig DJing, it's a little hard to really keep on up. But I try. I try. My best. I tried, man. You're very oh, trying. I tried, I mean, man. You're trying harder than I am on my Instagram, and I need to start doing that <laughs> a little bit more. Yeah, and uh, and I'm I'm an old fart, so I just stick with Facebook because I'm not messing around with a bajillion different social media. You get things. the gram, man, and that's so, the best thing about being a guest on the show. Is I don't have to deal with any of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so unless we make them permanent, that's how we get them. Is there a button? No, no, no. Just, the, just the pink one again, if you want. <laughs> yeah, the pink one. Magic is magic. Uh, so yeah, no, go ahead and check us out on Facebook. Um, next week we're going to be talking about pirate game. Do you know a pirate's favorite letter of the alphabet? Oh, that'll be the C. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Got him. That's <laughs> the worst. So next week, pirates. <laughs> yes, pirates. So yeah, so go ahead and check us out on Facebook. Uh, why don't you leave us a comment on our Facebook page? Tell us what your favorite pirate game is. And we'll see, uh, see how much crossover we have between the meeples. That sounds good. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for tuning in. Until next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.